0: Oh, am i on yes great well it's great to see that the warm words are infectious and i've somehow been included in that um it is great to be here with you um at jubilee and together if you've got your bibles Uh, Could you turn with me? We're going to be in Joshua chapter 13, reading from verses 1 to 7. Dan hasn't got his Bible because he's kindly given it to me. Um, But if you've got your Bibles, turn with me. I'm in Joshua chapter 13, verses 1 to 7. When Joshua had grown old, the Lord said to him, You are now old, very old. And there, I'm sure Joshua really appreciated that. Look, you are now very old, and there are still very large areas of lands to be taken over. This is the land that remains all the regions of the Philistines and the Geshurites, from the river Shehor on the east of Egypt to the territory of Ekron on the north. All of it counted as Canaanite, though held. By the five Philistine rulers of Gaza, Ashdod, Achalon, Gath, and Ekron, the territory of the Avites on the south, all the land of the Canaanites from Ara to of the Sidonians as far as Aphek and the border of the Amorites, the area of Biblos and the and all Lebanon to the east, from Balgad below Mount Hermon to Libo Hamath. This Dan's text is very small. I'm doing very well on these words. As as for all the inhabitants of the mountain regions of Lebanon, to Misruthmain, that is, the, all the Sidonians, I myself will drive them out before the Israelites. Be sure to allocate this land to Israel for an inheritance, as I have instructed you and divide it as an inheritance among the nine tribes and the half-tri- half-tribe of Manasseh. Well, as I say, it's great to be with you this morning. Um, when we first planned this event as coming together, uh, Freedom Church and Jubilee, we didn't know that it would also become a day where we would be celebrating and sending Steve and Joe Um, But I do think that there is some significance in the fact that the first thing that we should do together as churches is to send these guys into all that God has called them to in Birmingham. I believe that there is a real significance here. God is, is showing us something about who we are and what we hold as churches. It's not, as Dan has said, a final goodbye. They're not disappearing out the airlock, never to be seen again, floating out there somewhere, or... We'll hear, maybe get on your newsletter once or twice a month or something. No, we are very much involved in what we are sending Steve and Joe into. They are partners with us in the gospel's advance. They belong to us and we belong to them. And so this is not a final goodbye. And yet, it's still Hard, And many of us will be feeling that in different ways. I remember sitting with John Flavel in Trinity Market grabbing a coffee just before we launched Freedom Church. And talking about how hard it was to be sent and to leave family behind. And we were only moving across the city. We're sending Steve and Joe to Birmingham and it's difficult. And yet, in that, I believe God is, is showing us something you know, in the, in, the, in the life of communities and individuals, there are key moments. You might call them monument moments that display and uh, direct, that shape and show who these people are and what they're about. And I believe that this morning is one of those things, is one of those mornings. You want to know who we are as a family of churches? I don't think I can do much better than what's happening this morning, I don't think I can describe it any better than to point to you everything that is happening in front of you and say, this is who we are. We are a family on a mission. We belong to one another in this way. And we are on a mission, we, which is why we are so willing to send those who are so dear to us to the, to the ends of the earth. <laughs> but my prayer is that even as we do this and what, who we are is displayed, that we'd be shaped by this moment as well that this moment would become another monument moment for us. As we've heard so many of so many even already this morning, that we again and again we would find ourselves exercising the same muscle that we're using here in sending Steve and Joe. And I know that Uh, already as in our call to reach the end of the earth. We have others who are ready to go. Brian and Sarah, it's great to have you with us. I know that uh, Brian and Sarah have joined us uh, in Freedom Church to be launched in the new year into Birmingham as well. And I know that uh, we've, having sent Dave and Cynthia uh, not so long ago to Birmingham, and I'm sure that there are others waiting in the wings, some of you maybe even unknowingly, whom God is preparing to launch into church planting and in his mission and his call on us to reach the ends of the earth. And it's really, it's that that I want to hold up to you this morning as I bring us to this passage. Because you might wonder (laughs) in Joshua, why would you go here? Because if anybody knows the story, you don't even have to know it that well, the story of Joshua and taking the land, you will know this is not the most exciting part of the book. There are no Rivers being parted, no walls coming down, no hailstones, no sun-stopping action as battles are won. And yet, I feel like the reason I want to bring this passage is because I feel that there is something happening here that is reflective of what is happening here amongst us today. There is the same sort of thing. So I believe that there, it, this story comes to us with a prophetic edge. It speaks into what we're doing today and what we are building as churches in the years to come. And I want us to look, even as we look at it in that way, I want us to look at what this means, uh, what this passage teaches us about our faith and about the outworking of our faith, what our faith looks like in the day-to-day. So it speaks to us as churches in Hull, Jubilee, Freedom, all that God has called us to, but also to Steve and Joe as we launch them, and to us individually as we walk in the purposes of God in our life. So story so far in Joshua the story of Joshua starts with uh, the line Moses my servant is dead therefore arise and take uh, take the people into the land that I've promised them. Joshua having walked with Moses, having been part of uh, the work of God in in bringing uh, the people of God out of slavery into the beginnings of the promises of God, now inherits the promises of God that, that Moses carried. And he receives these promises with instruction, now go, take the land that I've promised you. Take the land that I promised you. As I was with Moses, he says, I'll be with you. Wherever you set your foot, I'll give it to you. Only do not let... Do not depart from, hold, treasure, cherish, meditate on, day and night, the word of God. And so Joshua, under this instruction, they break camp. This new generation, having inherited the promises of God, go into uh, crossing the Jordan. As they cross the Jordan, God comes through on his promises. In the same way that that, the Red Sea was parted and they crossed on dry land, the Jordan, in the height of flood season, is parted and they cross on dry land. And God says to them, take stones from the river. Take stones from the river and build a monument to this day. And these stones, they look different. They're smooth. They're river stones. And they're piled, 12 of them, as, as, as large as a man can carry, piled so that in future generations, people point to them and say, how did, how did they get there? What, what happened so that those stones could be there today? And then they, they quieten down as they hear the answer. Ah, God was with us and he came through on his promises to us. That is what those stones mean. That's, you look at this, you see this. This is a monument to what God has done amongst us. He has, he has given us our inheritance. He has led us into crossing over into the things of God. And we see as the story goes on that there are miraculous battles won. God intervenes wonderfully as as land is taken. Kingdoms are overthrown and the people of God inherit all that God has called them to. Joshua is a book of inheriting promises. And significant, up to this point, significant ground has been taken. In fact, the last two chapters, chapters 11 and 12... Are Joshua taking stock of all the land that has been taken? The kings that have been overthrown, the cities that have been won, the land that has been taken, and it is significant. Joshua can look back and say, wow, look at all that God has done. Look at what he's done. And that's what he's doing. He's he's listing these things on. And I don't know what's, what's going on in Joshua's mind at that moment as he's doing that. I don't know if he's planning his retirement, or if he's thinking, wow... This is all coming into land. God has done amazing things. Isn't that wonderful? Now, here in Hull, as we've heard stories, and we'll continue to hear stories, I'm sure, of the things that God has done through Steve and Joe and through Jubilee, through River City, through Freedom Church over the years, we're going to point back to monuments and say, isn't that amazing that God was there? How did that happen? There are things that we can point to. I've seen photographs of the launch day of, of River City and, and seeing this place just heaving with people being sent and being se- and sending and prayer. And you, think, and you, and I, you might ask the moment, Why, what is going on in that photograph? And somebody steps up and says, and I have to go quiet as they say, God was with us as we, we stepped into the promises of God. They point to the monument, this building. <laughs> what do these stones mean to you? Some of you were there. When God came through to, to, to provide wonderfully for this building to be bought and restored and restored again <laughs> and ongoing. But there, could have this, but there were things that we point to as churches, as a family, to say this was what God was doing. And yet in that moment, as Joshua is taking stock, God comes to him, the Lord comes to him and says, There remains yet more land to be taken. There is more ahead of you. And he lists it. He shows him. He lifts his eyes. He says, this is what remains. There is much land yet to be taken. That list, if you read it, with all its hard names to pronounce, again, it is extensive. Joshua is not seeing everything come into land. There is so much more ahead of us. So much more ahead of us. Of you, Steve and Joe. Your best years are not behind you. (laughs) There is more awaiting them in Birmingham. We send them knowing that. And yet we know that the same is true of us here. In River City, in Freedom, in Jubilee, we know that God has called us to so much more. There is more ahead of us. More, there remains yet more land to be taken. The stories that we point back to, I promise you there are more ahead of you. More monuments to be erected to the, what God did in fulfilling his promises to, you, to us. There remains yet more land to be taken. Today is not in any way an end, although it can feel like it as we talk about this, and we feel like we're sending. Sometimes it can feel like an end to a chapter. It's not. <laughs> What's being done here is with our sending, Steve and Joe, is very much in line with the things that God has called us to as a church, as a family of churches, it's not out of character. This is what God has called us to, to reach the ends of the earth, to be a, a, an Ephesus-like church from which the nations and the region should be reached with the gospel. And so what we're doing today is in keeping with that call, in keeping with that call and in keeping with that promise. And we must continue to hold on to, to contend for, to hold hold on to and meditate day and night on the promises of God that remain in our hands. Even as we send Stephen Joe, there is yet more land to be taken. It would be so easy for Joshua to settle at that point. Look at the land that we've won. So easy for them to settle. So easy for us. It's great to be together again, to be singing again. I, I love that we can sing together again. And as we come here and we've got wonderful worship bands and we, we've got a, a wonderful event here, we can sometimes think, wow, this is the top of the hill. This is, a, this is as far as it goes. It would be so easy to settle. But there remains yet more than to be taken. And so we mustn't become consumers. It's so, easy, so, easy so easily done. If you find yourself thinking, oh, I like the worship this week, but the words not so much, then you have become a consumer. You've become somebody who's, who's treating the, the people of God, the church, which is called to display the, the manifold wisdom of God to, to heavenly powers and principalities. You're treating that in the same way that you treat your corner shop. I'm going there to get something. Oh, this, is, this is the glory of God outworked and there remains yet more land to be taken. Do not become a consumer. Don't make it about, make your leader's job about fluffing your pillow. Now you're called to take land. We're called together to, to move forward into the things of God. We could so easily develop a, a small world mentality where it's just about us and, and our city and our parish boundaries. And this is where I operate. Now, I tell you, as we send Stephen Joe to Birmingham, we are breaking those boundaries. We're saying there are things ahead of us, things beyond us that we say we are involved in. It's wonderful to be part of regions beyond in this and, and to know that we've got family in India and in uh, Pakistan, Lahore, in, in uh, Dubai, in uh, North and South America, Brazil. We, we are excited to be belong to this. As we send Stephen Joe, we are showing that that's what, who we are. And we are stepping into the things of God as we do. We do not want to be inward looking. There's a personal application here as well. If your life as a Christian is without challenge, without change, without growth, without movement, without a kind of a stepping into new things, then you've settled And you're living a faith that is contrary, I'm saying this because I love you, (laughs) is contrary to the one that is displayed to us in Scripture. Paul, who, if there was anybody who could say, I've taken this as far as it goes, with regard to faith, with regard to the things of God, if there was anybody who could say, I've taken this as far as it goes. I've got an international ministry. I've seen people raised from the dead. I speak in tongues more than any of you. I I have these experiences. I've been carried to the third heaven. I've had revelation upon revelation. It doesn't go any further than I've taken it. Paul says this. Philippians 3, 13 to 15. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus let those who are mature think this way what's the sign of Christian maturity it's not a settledness it's not a, I've arrived here it is top of the hill no Christian maturity is pressing on into the things of God Christian maturity says there is more to be taken there is there is more to be laid hold of Whatever victories, says Paul, or hurts lie behind you, you are called to press on to the upward call of God in Christ. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Jesus is there saying, here I am with all my treasures at my right hand, the treasures forevermore. Come and lay hold of them. Come and lay hold of them. Lay hold of me. So what does God call us to? First and foremost, he's called us to pursue him, as we say, to take hold of that for which Christ has taken hold of us. He has has taken hold of us, now we are called to take hold of him, to pursue him, to chase after him, to lay hold of him, his grace and his love, forgiveness of sins, and not only that, but the power through his resurrection and the Holy Spirit to overcome the world, to live as he would have us live. Philippians 1, as you do this, Paul's saying, as we do this, as we take hold of those things of God, we become partners in the gospel's advance. We find ourselves not just forgiven and free and overcomers, but we're in that sonship. We're now partnered with God in the working out of the gospel through the earth. Paul says, I thank God in all my remembrance of you, making my prayer with joy, confident that he who began this work in you will see it out to completion. He who started this work in you, he's going to finish it. He's going to finish what he started. If he started something in you, he's finishing it. It is right for me to think this way, says Paul, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. The evidence that God is at work in your heart is your partnership in the gospel, in in seeing the nations reached, in sending Steve and Joe, in praying for Birmingham, resourcing Birmingham. It's proof who we are and, and, and we are called to outwork this as a family in whole, in all that God has done for us and the, you know, the, the heart, I'll tell you, I came to this city and I saw a people who loved, as John said the, the outcasts and the poor in a way that I'd never seen it before and I thought And it, it taught me something about the gospel that I don't think I'd seen Christians aren't just called to be nice <laughs> no, it, it is a core outworking whilst the gospel is being contended for in Galatians, whilst it's being fought for, right there in the heart of it, remember the poor. We're called to continue to do that, to, to work out that way. And as, as we reach our city, we are also called to reach the ends of the earth. In church planting, it's wonderful to be, uh, as Freedom and Jubilee, to, to host the Regions Beyond Church Planting training in the UK. And our heart is that we're going to see many, many churches planted. In sending these guys to Birmingham, that's what we want to see there. We want to see more and more of that locally and internationally. And as we and individually, we want to take up those calls as well. So, very quickly now. Um, I've talked a little about what is ahead of us. I want to talk just very briefly about what about how that is done. Joshua has had his eyes lifted. This is the land that remains to be taken. As I hope we continue to have our eyes lifted to all that God is calling us to. There is a great amount of land yet to be taken. God says, I myself will drive them out before you. I myself will do this. God has promised to be the one to see the, the work done. It's His work. I, we've, we've been in, in Freedom Church, we've been going through a series looking at the temple, the house of God. It's told in Psalms that unless the Lord builds a house, those who build it labor in vain. And Jesus says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's those promises that we hold to. I don't presume for any, any amount of time that, that I could or we could, by our own ability, build something that God would be pleased to call his own. No, we are totally dependent on him. Totally dependent on him to, to go out and to drive them out before us. It's what he promises to do. But we're told, aren't we? God is not a man that he should lie, or a son of a man that he should change his mind. Has he spoken and he will not act? Has he promised and he will not fulfill? I'm confident in God who, who has promised us many things. And I, as we tell the story of Jubilee, I'm sure we could list off, reel off promises. As, as Freedom Church, as we've prayed out, we've got many, many promises that we're holding to that we're going to see God fulfill. But it is God who's going to do it. God who's going to do it. It's not about strategy. Joshua is a great strategist, but it's God who says he's going to do it. And our job is obedience. Joshua is called to allocate, to give away this land. Paul, having seen the sovereignty of God and the purposes of God as he's he's teaching through Romans, God is going to be the one who calls people from death into life. There's nothing I can do to, to bring an unbeliever, a dead unbeliever into the life of faith. There's nothing I can do. And he talks about how God is totally sovereign in that moment. And then he goes from that to say, But how will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? How beautiful, he says, quoting scripture. How beautiful are the feet of the ones who bring good news. God is sovereign in seeing this work completed. Totally sovereign. We are totally dependent on him. And yet he says... He includes us in that as well. You want to see God fulfill his promises? Follow them with obedience. Obey. Obey. It comes out again, doesn't it, in in the um, Great Commission, as Jesus, Matthew 28 says, all authority has been given to me. All authority has been given to me. Therefore, go. I think, Jesus, surely if all authority has been given to you, you would find someone better than me to go. (laughs) You would find a better means of reaching the nations, the lost, than us. Jesus says, I want to include you in what I'm doing. As I fulfill my promises to reach the ends of the earth with my salvation and my righteousness, I'm including you and I'm sending you. Go, in my authority. But obedience cannot come apart from faith. There is no obedience without faith. In fact, as you read through scripture, you'll find that uh, often... It's talking about obedience, and then it's talking about faith. And you're thinking, hang on, I thought we were talking about obedience. And they go, yes, yes, we are. We're talking about faith. They are closely linked. There is no such thing as obedience without faith. It is, you can't drum faith, uh, obedience up from anywhere but faith. It, it is a product of believing God. There is no obedience without faith, and there is no faith without obedience. It's just Faith is dead until it's outworked in obedience, in obeying God. It's interesting here about the command that Joshua's given. Allocate the land, give it away. He can't do it, right? You see, Joshua's being given the command to give things away that aren't his to give. It's not only beyond his ability, it's logically impossible. (laughs) Joshua, go give away what's not yours. Um, Okay, uh, how? (laughs) Because I'll give it to them, I'll give it to them but you give it to them in faith. And we see over the next chapters, these people of God taking hold of the promises of God that they've received and laying hold of it. Caleb, a great example, probably oldest or second oldest man in Israel at the time, he says, comes to Joshua, he says, give me what was promised to me. And Joshua says, here it is, the deed to the land that I don't own. And Caleb goes and takes it. I want us to see that again and again and again as we come through the story of jubilee, of freedom, of the call that we have as churches. Just to finish, we we have promises that dwarf us as churches. Promises that God has given us, that we hold, that make us feel very small. I I hope you feel that. As I talk about going to the ends of the earth, as I talk about the call to the nations, to church planting, on some of you individually who are going to be involved in that, I hope that makes you feel small, because you are. (laughs) The work ahead of us is far bigger than we'd ever imagined. But the God who commands us with all authority and who fulfills his promises is far bigger than we've ever imagined. And he will be with us, he says to his disciples, to the very end of the age. Do not be afraid. There remains yet much land to be taken. I just want to pray. I wonder if you'd stand with me as I do this. Now I'm going to hand back to Dan. Lord, I I want to thank you for the many monuments that we can point to as people. The stories that we can point to. That there are people in this room who themselves, their their lives are a monument to the work of God in them. Father, I thank you for the stories that we've heard and the stories that we're going to hear as we pray for Steve and Joe. But Father, I thank you also that as we send them, we send them knowing that there remains yet more to take hold of. That you're going to be with us as we see more ground taken for the gospel. You're going to be with us as we pursue things that are out of our reach. You're going to empower your people to see the land taken, the promises inherited. So come, Lord, I pray right now. Would you anoint this moment in our hearts, even as we pray for Steve and Joe, that you would be carrying some of us with them as we hold the promises to go to the ends of the earth. We ask this in your name. Amen.